Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm definitely dead. That's not my father you're hearing. Uh, I mean, that is my father you're hearing, except for whenever you wish for me to come back from the dead. And then it's actually me the whole time, and I didn't want you to know that I was dead because we all agreed on it. Hail to you! Yes, that episode. Uh, shalom. And, and everybody knew except the guy that was the centerpiece of the episode and they could have resolved the whole plot very quickly all right but then they wouldn't have had uh, a two-part episode about it oh my god okay well we're talking about it already uh there's so many like multi-part episodes in this part and like they could condense it down i i swear to god they could have yes uh I'm fine. How are you? Uh, putting away shit around my desk. Uh, mentally exhausted. So I, I did not. For some reason, I thought this season was 39 episodes of JoJo. Uh, it's 48. So that tacks on what? About like three more hours of viewing. Uh, and Ashley had to work a lot this weekend. And I didn't. So, like, in theory, what should have happened was I watched all this shit. We cram it all in. And like I just fill around on the shit because quite honestly, like. I know we're still talking about jo- Jojo, but like I, I probably could have just filled her in on like the five or six hours that I fucking watched and nothing would have changed. Like there would have been like, I think uh, spoilers for uh, Stardust Crusaders if you haven't watched it yet. But like I would have filled her in on like. Avdol dying and then Avdol coming back. Like that would have been what I filled her in on. And then and dying. Then, and then, yeah, then dying again. Spo- but spoilers, like, but right, for right, something right, that uh, I think the manga came out in like 96 or something. Yeah, something stupid. But like I, my my explanation of what happened, what she missed would have been just that. Because otherwise, like We'll talk about it. So uh, I'm mentally exhausted. I I didn't get to see Leon the Professional, which was supposed to be our patron request review. Didn't have fucking time to watch that. That's all right. I can tell you about it. I don't want to know about it. I I legitimately want to watch it. uh, So we'll probably just push it, push it and another patron request review to next week. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm going to figure out what the fuck to do. Uh, But I will have three additional hours because, you know. I won't I won't have watched nine additional episodes of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. That's true. Uh, The other thing I I like how this has consumed our lives to the point where we can't even like talk about anything else. I I, like we play. So we played Commander last night. I almost didn't show up to Commander to fucking watch Jojo. Yeah, and that's fine. (laughs) I I wouldn't have been upset. I, I know, but like I just. The only reason I I came here I I went to Commander was because Ashley was like I'm going to bed, 
like hmm. we powered through six hours of jojo and only made it through eight like 17 18 episodes and we still had half a fucking season to go so uh don't do i i you know what ultimately i wish had i known this i would have just been like all right let's do them getting to cairo or the, them getting to egypt and then them in egypt as next week because I I think my sanity would have been saved. <laughs> so uh, that's that's me. Uh, also, I want to shout out. Uh, well, not shout out. I want to mention. Uh, so Dwayne Haskins, a a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, was struck by a truck uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. And, what uh, the fuck? Died. So I'm not look like rest in peace to him. Uh fucking awful he was down there training with like a bunch of teammates but i'm not here to talk about that because i want to talk about two things one uh there was a tweet by adam schefter that uh was basically along the lines of uh dwayne haskins former ohio state stand quarterback standout uh who was struggling in the nfl and everyone just went why why would you say the struggling in the nfl part why why does that matter a, a guy died. Don't be an asshole. Just shut the fuck up and just celebrate who he was. Yeah. But then, you know, that's like a careless mistake. Potentially a careless mistake. I don't know. Then some guy did a radio hit basically saying like that uh, the way he was behaving was like he was asking to die. And just fucking roasting this guy, this kid, and being because apparently he had like a pre-draft evaluation, being like, "This kid's gonna not gonna amount to shit." And so, like, he basically used that the radio hit as his platform to be like, "I was right the whole time." And it's like, "Bro, shut the fuck up! You're a fucking piece of shit." Hmm. So fuck you, Gilbrandt. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, but rest in peace. Dwayne Haskins, you were uh, you didn't deserve to get hit by a truck. You didn't deserve anything. You didn't you don't deserve any of the shit that's gone on post you dying either, quite honestly. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people that uh, deserve to get hit by a truck. Maybe the creator of Jojo. For making this season so long. Yeah, fuck you, Iraqi. All right. uh, So with all that shit. Uh, here comes Mungo. Uh, it's what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the can. All right. Uh, well, so far I am sticking to my pledge of drinking a Laguinta's IPA on every episode. Uh, the one that I have this week is the Lagunitas Daytime IPA. Uh, it's like they're low calorie IPA. It's 98 calories and three carbs. It's light and breezy like a summer day, I guess. Right. It's light. It's McBreezy deluxe. (laughs) Uh, How about you? Uh, I had an Imperial 420 IPA from somebody. Uh, It's still in my fridge. So and uh, I keep forgetting to get tonic water at the grocery store. So I'm doing that instead of drinking liquor. I had one beer and I'm done for the day. There you and go. Here's the thing. 
Are they trading uh, calories for flavor or is it full, still full flavor, Caleb? Because yes, yeah, you got to really sell that low calorie IPA. I don't know. It tastes pretty good. OK. All right. Very quick piece of news. Uh, Lock and key will end with season three. That's it. I'm not even putting the sound drop in. Uh, that's the news. I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. think Caleb mm-hmm. cares. Uh, but if you're a Lock and Key fan, and you listen to this show. Uh, there, there it is. We talked about it. Let's move to downstream and talk about some trailers that came out this week because they're far more interesting. Baby, I can't control the Internet. That's my favorite line! First trailer this week is for Hold Tight. Uh, this is based on the novel by Harlan Coben and starring Magdalena Bosarski and Leszek Lakota. Hold Tight tells the story about residents of a peaceful neighborhood in the Warsaw suburbs whose idyllic life comes to an abrupt end when teenager Adam vanishes into thin air and parents find answers to questions they have never wanted to ask. When a young man goes missing soon after his friend dies, life in a tight-knit, affluent Warsaw suburb slowly unravels, exposing secrets and lies. I need to start wearing my glasses again. Uh, yes, this is another Harlan Coben thing. So if you like Harlan Coben things, this is for you. If you don't like Harlan Coben things, this is not for you. That's probably true. Uh, our next trailer is for Operation Mincemeat, which is, uh, sort of a historical dark, dark comedy. Uh, hoping to change the course of World War II and save tens of thousands of lives. Two intelligence offers plot to break Hitler's deadly grip on Europe by recruiting the most unlikely of secret agents, a dead man. Two British intelligence officers hatch an outlandish scheme to trick the Nazis and alter the course of World War II based on a true story of deception. Uh, So their plan is to uh, make a corpse wash up on shore with, like, fake documents. All all this makes me think of is that Daniel Radcliffe movie, Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's instead true. of like a, a man losing his mind and thinking a corpse is talking to him the whole time, it's just, you know, an actual corpse. Uh, this looks interesting. Uh, also, apparently, uh, one of the characters is going to be Ian Fleming. Yeah. Uh, author of the James Bond books. Yep. Which uh, I think he got the idea from his real life experiences. So. Apparently. Uh, yeah, this looks interesting. I wouldn't say like it's gonna be phenomenal, uh, especially if they're trying to balance a dark comedy into it as well. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Looks all right. Uh, next up is the sex movie sequel, uh, three hundred sixty-five days colon this day. Laura and Massimo are back and hotter than ever, but the reunited couple's new beginning is complicated by Massimo's family ties and a mysterious man who enters Laura's life to win her heart and trust at any cost. Uh, Laura and Massimo are back and stronger than ever. Wait, that's literally what they wrote at the top. (laughs) They wrote the same thing twice on this description. Yeah, one of them is supposed to be like the the actual like IMDb summary. One's supposed to like get you guys in the door to watch the movie. Uh, so the fact that the same thing is probably well, not problematic. I don't really give a fuck. Uh, Caleb, are you ready for sex movie Two electric boogaloo? I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for sex movie one. But I don't think sure. anybody was. 
I mean, it's a multi-time, it's a multi-Razzie-nominated movie. Uh, so, I mean, like, it's 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 one of the, I, it's confident, I think I'm confident in saying it's one of the worst movies ever. Uh, that said, the reason this is getting a sequel is because you fucking dirty motherfuckers all watched it. This is your mm-hmm. fault. Just remember that. No, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about this movie if you guys just you know weren't like oh everyone's talking about this sex movie that's horrendous I have to watch this shit. Yeah, I will say though this did make me actively question what should be our uh, cautionary tale of Netflix for uh, live stream for the Cure Six because oh, originally I was like you know Diane the musical, easy peasy won a bunch of Razzies this year. But then this trailer dropped, and I knew it was coming. See, I didn't know it was coming now. Didn't we do? <laughs> didn't we do uh, the first one for last year? Let's do the last year or the year before? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't, I don't the, know. the last uh, two maybe, years is a duck maybe blur. we'll hold it for a bit because yeah, I, kind of, I kind of really want to do Diana's a musical. <laughs> I, uh, I I need to see what a mess it is. I I agree. I I feel like that is the the better choice. But maybe uh, live stream seven will be the, the well, actually, Casey Moore up up this pledge uh, to to us to get to that Patreon tier of where he can give us a movie to watch. Oh, fuck. And he will. He specifically made the request. I want you guys to watch it in point five speed. <laughs> <sighs> Which is fantastic. How, how much did he pledge? Uh, five. I think it's actually five British pounds. Yeah. So you know, like eight bucks. Oh man! So one bison dollar. Actually, I don't know what a what a, a GBP is in in American. <laughs> I'm sorry that I make the bison dollar reference constantly. I don't know if it really tracks for most of our listener base. Oh, it's only six dollars and fifty two cents. It's okay. That's not bad. I don't know what the bison dollar is, and I'm too and at this point oh. I'm too afraid to ask. In the in the live action Street Fighter movie with uh, John Paul oh. Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, fucking M Bison played by Raul Julia gives out uh he pays his henchmen in bison dollars, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And he says, "Those are bison dollars." Once I kidnap the queen and set the exchange rate, each one will be worth five British pounds. But what's that translate to Stanley and Nichols? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anytime we talk about currency, you always have to bring up Stanley Nichols. But yes, uh, so uh, Casey, again, if you want us to watch it, that's fine. I think I would I would prefer to save it until live stream for the Cure 7. But if you want to make us watch it now, that's fine. I would prefer to eat a bullet. That's true, but your stand would probably stop it. Your star <laughs> platinum, star platinum. <laughs> All right, our last trailer this week will be for Russian Doll season two. All aboard the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> this is uh, audio hell. Uh, starring Natasha Lyonne, Russian Doll season two premieres April twentieth on Netflix. Uh, after enduring the wildest night of their lives, over and over, Nadia and Alan stumble into another bewildering existential adventure. I'm now looking up when the first season of Russian Doll came out. 
It's been a while. 2019. Uh, February 1st, 2019. So it's been three years. Over three years. And I was kind of talking about this with Brentley. Because, like, we're still waiting on the Dragon Prince Part 4. Uh, and they've apparently said that you should expect it at, in uh, late 2020 at the earliest, which would also put that at three years. We also have Stranger Things Part or Season 4 Part 1 at three years. So, like, what's Netflix doing where they're not telling people to get the fucking let out and make their shit? Yeah. Because, like, Russian Doll Season 1 seemed to be a hit. Stranger Things, a hit. Dragon Prince, a hit. Like, w- you're you're missing these hits for years at a time. And it's very frustrating. Like, this isn't the Venture Brothers. We don't put this on an every other year kind of schedule shit. Like, Stranger Things, uh, the movie, should have been out by now. We should be on Stranger Things 3, the movie. That's true. By the time anything comes out, I just completely lose interest in it. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. But that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if they just if they just moved faster, I, I would be more excited about this. But as it is, I'm going to rewatch Russian Doll in its entirety to even know what the fuck I'm looking at. And I don't have time for that. Because I'm watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure every fucking week. <laughs> so, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to rewatch all of Stranger Things to know what's even going on in that. All of Dragon Prince to know what's going on in that. Like, there needs to be some sort of urgency from anybody in getting anything out ever. All right. Uh, so, I, I didn't watch anything else this week because... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusader took 16 hours. Yeah, it's to true. watch. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? As I check on that, I will say that, like. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I knew what I was getting into, <laughs> so so I started way early. I actually just finished part four today. I'm a whole season ahead. You're a fucking monster. Yeah, it's true. It's not your fault, because, like, I do this to myself as it is. I try to watch everything in the week leading up to the show. Uh, I Had I known what an undertaking that would be, like, because Ashley and I's schedules do not match in any good way possible. Because, like, we watched four episodes on, what, Tuesday? Four episodes on Thursday? And we're like, ah, we're making a good pace. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we cra- we crash into the other 40. Yeah. And like that was that just wasn't enough. Vanessa was playing the interactive trivia quest game. I was helping her out with that a bit. I don't know. It's cute. Seems fun. I I forgot about that in my stupor, but uh, I took a lunch break on on Friday and Ashley and I watched uh, or played like two episodes of that. And uh, she's really good at easy mode. She's very bad at hard mode. (laughs) Um, I don't know if it's like a bug or something, but like, I don't know if it was saving our progress. So we'd go to the next episode and like finish it and free the same, like trapped trivia monster or whatever the fuck. Sure. Huh? Interesting. 
Uh, I saw there's an episode eight that is uh, about video games. So I'm just like, ah, it's oh, my time. Go. Finally. Yeah, I've trained for this my entire life. My entire life. I'm very excited about this. There's a uh, there's one episode that's about Netflix stuff. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's an episode of that called Netflix and chill, which, uh, you know, Netflix stop infringing on RIP. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to I'm going to record like, you know, what I get for that, because I feel like, well, I, I wonder if it's like minutia of like Netflix show shit, you know, like in episode 57 of uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, what did Sab- what kind of fucking dress did Sabrina have on for the entire episode? Eh, who gives a shit? Dumb. Yeah, trivia quest is interesting. Uh, in the in the world of daily video games or, or like games people play, uh, th- this is Netflix attempt to do things because, you know, you have Wordle, you have Actoral, you have Weddle, which is the football game. You got Squirtle, which is the Pokemon game. Squirtle's interesting. Squirtle's very interesting. But yeah, uh, this is Netflix attempting to break into that market, which is fine. Yeah. <sighs> All right, uh, it's time for our greatest undertaking. We're going to cut into a quick break, and when we come back from that break, it'll be time to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 slash Season 2, uh, Stardust Crusaders. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main interview topic for the week. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 2, Stardust Crusaders. Stardust Crusaders, a.k.a. JoJo no Kimyo na Boken Sutadusto Kurasedo, is Season 2 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure TV anime produced by David Production. Uh, no idea if I pronounced that right, but I tried to read the fucking... Uh, I guess like the back of the card for collectors or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's funny. So yeah, this this follows up uh from where Battle Tendency picked off picked uh picks up from where Battle Tendency left off. There it is. There it is. Joseph Joestar is now uh an older fellow. Uh, after surviving the events of Battle Tendency, um. 
He is on his way to visit his daughter who married a Japanese businessman and moved away forever. Uh, therefore, he will never forgive the Japanese uh, and screams that at an airport employee. Yeah, in in the first part, too. Yeah. Yeah, this is the story of Jotaro Kujo and uh, the Crusaders quest to destroy the resurrected Dio. Uh, so, Dan, what did you think of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders? Why is this 48 episodes? Why? Yeah, just, a lot of, a lot of this could have been an email. Yeah, uh, look, so like <laughs> the so the first the first what, like 24 ish episodes are based around um like the the tarot cards so like every like the the faces of the tarot cards like death uh hierophant mm-hmm. temperance uh star zoverulda you know that kind of shit like so like that thematically is interesting but they stretch that out over 24 episodes and you're like okay fine whatever at least we're in we're in Egypt now Things are going to get better. But then they make up nine more newsstands, which are based off the fucking Egyptian gods. Those also take yeah. 24 episodes. I I don't have a ready explanation for you uh, as to why they have so many multi-part episodes. Um, that's. I like part three a lot, but the the biggest weakness of it is that it. It kind of starts the to drag. Is atrocious! It's yeah. so bad, man. Like there, there's multi-part <laughs> episodes that don't deserve it. Yeah. By the time you get to Dio, uh, you're like, you feel as though you've been on the journey because it, it's fifty days for them to get to Egypt and fight Dio, and you feel like it's taken you that long. Right, because like the in what I think episode two or three, they hop on a plane and they're like, all right, they're just going to get to Cairo and then, you know, beat up the stand users and then get to Dio and then beat up Dio eventually. And, you know, we'll move on with our lives. Nope. They have to take the the most nonlinear path to Egypt possible. So. I. I. <laughs> Like I it, so so the plot like the way they tell the story is is like you said the worst part of the show because it's just like I just want you to get there like I understand there has to be a journey of some kind you have to have some kind of arc and some kind of story to go through yet the you know some villains have to become heroes and redeem themselves and that's fine but like are you telling me you can't do that in 39 episodes like every other season of this show can yeah <laughs> again uh i don't know i don't really have a, a yeah, better explanation fine. so you're you're allowed to not have an explanation so uh i like yeah. it though yeah like i i like it enough i i think my favorite character is still uh and i'm never gonna remember his name but it's a floppy haired guy uh with the, the 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 tongue thing that he does, oh, Kakyoin, 
Yeah, Kakioin, yeah. Uh he I think he's my favorite character in the whole series. Right. Uh so there's there's a point in the show where some guy like uh someone appears as a clone of him and he does this thing with his fucking cherry, which is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. He takes the cherry off of Joe uh Jotaro's fucking ice cream or whatever, and is like rolling it on his tongue, making that sound. And then later in the episode, uh, Kakoin, the real Kakoin, is <laughs> the, like, the "Hey, Kakuin, is that a cherry? Yeah. And then is that he, a cherry? And he fucking that. does it. Yeah. So it wasn't just uh, it, it wasn't just that guy being weird. It was Kakoin being weird. <laughs> and also, uh, a thousand, like uh, probably a million Asian women were like, "Oh, I'm attracted to Kakoin now." Yeah. And like the whole time he's doing it, Kakuin maintains eye contact with Jotaro and is like, I'm going to do this to your mom when we get back to Japan. Yeah, apparently. Uh, except he won't because he's dude. <laughs> uh, no, like because like that character is like always kind of my favorite, like the analytical battle type guy. Like uh, Kurama in Yu Yu Hakusho is probably one of my favorite characters in that, in that show because that like he is Kurama to a fucking T. Where he is, you know, he is thinking constantly about how he's next going to approach the battle. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's putting himself in weird positions because it gives him informational advantage. He's not the best fighter, but he's always the most tactical. And that's probably the most interesting part about him. Yeah, um, I don't know, like him and. Him and Polnareff really like do a lot of work. Like, those are the two guys that, like, essentially, like, they defect from from Dio's uh, group with right. the help of uh, the Joe Stars. So, like, like, I like both of them a lot. Yeah. So, like, Polnareff, like, he's more like the headstrong kind of, like, idiot. Basically, like, he's, he's <laughs> the lovable idiot of the group where he's just like, ah, I'm just doing yeah. shit because I'm Polnareff. Yeah, Kakyoin is the the tactical one who like, you know, ha- always has like layers and layers of a plan going on. And then uh Polnareff is like uh like a really talented and like really precise fighter, but he's also just going to like rush in and like he he's confident to the part to the point of like being arrogant and stupid. Right. But like he always does, like even though he rushes in headlong and that gets him into a bad spot, his a bit like his mind is still able to get him out of things. Like everyone is smart to a degree in this show. Everyone knows how to handle themselves in a fight. Like uh, e- even we see like Joseph Joestar, who like l- like is seventy ish in this in this show. Uh, also in the English language dub, has dropped his British accent. Uh, also, Susie Q has dropped her over-the-top Italian accent, yeah. which is fantastic. They just did not give a fuck at well, all. They've been living in America the whole time, you know? No, 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 I'm not buying that. There's plenty of people who live in America and still have their accents. I don't, I, I don't buy that. My point being here is they were just like, huh, everyone's just memeing on how comically bad our accents are. Maybe let's just not do it, and who gives a fuck? Everyone just speaks perfect english who cares we don't need <laughs> Susie q being on the phone being like oh how's my grandson is my doctor feeling okay 
I'm trying to think if anybody in part five does a bad Italian accent. I don't really think so. Yeah. But like, I, I, I do find it endearing that they, they just drop it and they're just like, yeah, no one gives a shit. Everyone's just like, who fucking cares? Just do a, prefer- just, just speak English. Who cares? We, we don't care how it sounds. It doesn't have to make sense for the characters. Just do it. All right, so in 1983, off the coast of the Canary Islands, a coffin with the word Dio on the front is salvaged from the depths. Uh, the crew attempts to open it, but find that the lock it is locked from the inside. Later, the ship is found mysteriously abandoned with no signs of a struggle. Uh, four years later in Japan, a young man named Jotaro Kujo uh, has willingly turned himself into jail, uh, refusing to leave as he believes he is possessed by an evil spirit which only he can see. His mother, Holly, and his grandfather, Joseph Joestar, uh, bring his friend from Egypt, Muhammad Avdal, to coax him out of his cell. Uh, that's that's kind of the setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Joe Turo's sitting in a jail cell, uh, drinking beer and listening to the radio, and the guards are freaking out, wondering where he got them. Uh, and it's because wait, wait. he has he's manifested the fantastic new power system that they use uh in this part which is the ability of a stand which is called a stand because it's a manifestation of your fighting spirit that stands next to you yeah uh and in his so like they do this cool motif at the beginning of the show where every stand is named after a color and then a card of the tarot pool like yeah, and they, they have a cool in-universe reason for that, because Avdal's profession is a fortune teller, so he, he draws from the tarot deck to name them. Uh, also, like, this this is where we first kind of start seeing it, but, like, a big thematic, like, element overall in the series is fate. So, like, you know, there's no overlap between stands, even ones that, like, weren't named by Avdal, because, like... You know, it's it's destiny. There's only one for each. Just kind of interesting, I guess. Right. Until everybody gets a stand in part five or part four or whatever, whatever. And then they start being named after bands and shit. Yep. Uh, This is also the first part where we get to start seeing uh, the hilarious, like localized names as they're trying desperately to not be sued. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, one of the Japanese characters, and I'm now adopted this as my pseudonym online, but uh, was uh, supposed to be Steely Dan, you know, the band. Uh, yeah. But instead, they changed his they English ch- name to Dan <laughs> of Steel. Dan of Steel. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so basically, like once. Uh, once Jotaro's stand manifests, uh, he finds out that. You know, Joseph Joestar also has a stand now. Um, And uh, so does his mother, Holly, except that she's not like the stand is a manifestation of your fighting spirit. And his mother is like a very peaceful, like, like she's not a born fighter like a lot of the Joestars are. Correct. Uh, So she can't control her stand and it's killing her. Uh, So due to Dio's meddling. Uh, since he has uh, Jonathan Joestar's body, uh, it's called it's caused the entire like Joestar lineage to manifest a stand. And uh, they have to 
basically get to Dio and kill him before uh, Holly's out of control stand kills her. And they have 50 days to do so. Yeah. And boy, are they going to need that time. Boy, do they need every single fucking second yeah. of that. And and <laughs> you need 50 days to watch it. All right. Uh, so as you uh, alluded, like the stands are named after a tarot card and uh, a color. So Jotaro Kujo's stand is Star Platinum. Star Platinum! Star Platinum! So... Star Platinum's power is uh, like incredible speed and reflexes so he can like punch rapidly and has like precise movements, like precise vision and stuff like uh, it basically gives Jotaro super senses because like Star Platinum can see like minute like motions and stuff and like read enemies uh, attacks and stuff. They show this off by having uh, Star Platinum or have having Jojo uh, Jotaro uh, steal a cop's gun and attempt to shoot himself in the head. And then Star Platinum uh, catches, catches the, bullet. the bullet. Yeah, he shoots himself fingers. and then the Hulk spits out the bullet. Yeah. Yeah, that that's actually. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, you know, Star Platinum's ability to stop bullets becomes irrelevant later on, too. That's true. Uh, so then, uh, Muhammad Avdal's stand is Magician's Red. Uh, Magician's has... Red! Yes. Are we going to do that for all of them? Because I hope so. Prob- probably. Uh, uh, Magician's Red ha- is like a buff dude physique with the head of a bird, uh, and it That's has the ability true. to control flame. It's just a fucking bird on a dude's body. <laughs> it's it's so great. Dumb. It's and like so a lot looking. of uh, a lot of like these early stand designs are just like buff dude. But um, as as the series goes along, like we start to see more kind of oddball designs on a couple of them. And then like once part four hits, like shit just it's, goes off the it's rails. Out the door. Yeah. But uh, Joseph Joestar has the stand Hermit Purple. Hermit Purple! Spirit photography is his power. Uh, so he has to crush a 10,000 yen camera, uh, but he can <laughs> do like remote imaging through it. Uh, later on, like he's also able to use Hermit Purple to like show, like gain information by like tapping into TV sets and they mm-hmm. can like watch. They can do like it's basically remote viewing, uh, yeah. but he can also like manifests like these uh thorny purple vines that come out of his hand which like later on he uses them to like spider-man swing around and like yeah. attack people and that's that's pretty badass the other thing he can do is uh manifest maps out of like dust clouds like there there's yeah. a time they're they're in egypt and they need to find like a specific spot in a city and so he's like, like ah he like psychically draws a map onto the ground yeah it's pretty dope. Like it's it's it, not Hermit, used all that much, but they, it's they constantly power. refer to how Hermit Purple is the weakest stand, but it's pretty badass. Like it's it's a cool power set. It's a very useful stand outside of combat. I think mm. inside combat it's useless. Yeah, and uh like Joseph Joe Star still has Homon, so like and he's the last person in the universe who uses Homon. Uh so like 
he's he's already a fighter. Give he he gets a cool like exploration power. Uh this is you know, this is how you build your character in D&D. Like they they need stuff to do outside of combat too. Right. Um then we get Noriaki Kakioin with his stand Hierophant Green. Hierophant Green, 30 meter radius Emerald Sparashu. Hierophant Green's main power uh it's a long range stand. Uh it's capable of unraveling itself into these long stringy tentacles. Uh mm-hmm. it attacks with the Emerald Splash, which is uh you know, just like a powerful ranged attack. And uh, it's also capable of possessing and controlling people by invading their bodies, which is horrifying. Yeah, uh, but he stops which doing that after in... they like break his mind control that, from Dio. Right, like he never does it again after his introductory episode. It's kind of like in uh, Power Rangers whenever they introduce the Sixth Ranger, and the Sixth Ranger was always like stronger than the other Rangers, but then when he becomes good, he's just as powerful as them, which is you know kind of weakish. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth member that joins them is uh, Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Uh, and his stand is Silver Chariot. Silver Chariot! <laughs> Jean-Pierre Polnareff. So yeah, his uh, stand is a uh, metallic humanoid clad in silver armor and armed with a rapier. Uh, and its power is swift and precise attacks. And uh, Polnareff's like uh, a trained fencer and like sword fighter. So uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool stand, pretty powerful. Um, and like. It's another one like he kind of reveals abilities as they go, like his his stand, like out of the main ones, has the most like development of its potential over the course of the series because right. they reveal like he can cast off his armor to increase his speed. Uh, and then he has like a last, like a final gambit attack where he shoots the blade out of his rapier to do like a long ranged attack, which is pretty yep. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like we said, it takes fucking forever. But when they finally get to Egypt, uh, they have the sixth and final member of the Stardust Crusaders uh, kind of airdropped into the group, uh, which is. uh a a stray dog that was found wandering the streets uh named Iggy uh who also has the stand of the fool which uh has the power to control sand and uh just, uh it's basically it like he can he yeah. can construct things out of sand and like attack people with sand yeah he manifests in like a dog robot kind of thing that also yeah. has like different abilities too like it can glide and shit but like yeah for the most part he just has the ability to control sand with his stand and uh and iggy's also a mean little fucker so fucking little piece of shit that iggy (laughs) um then i don't know are there any like enemy stands that you want to talk about or just want to like bang through them real quick we can bang through them really quick for the Uh, most part so like of of the uh ones that are named after the the traditional tarot we have uh Zawarudo uh which that's is Dio's. the world we'll talk about that Dio's, we'll talk yeah. about that in depth that, that that's the only one that actually matters yeah that deserves special consideration so uh for right now we'll skip that 
Uh, we have Tower of Grey, uh, which is like a giant stag beetle with a, a protruding jaw that can move at incredibly quick speeds. Uh, it attacks them while they're on a plane to like, you know, while they're vulnerable and like, oh, fuck, I forgot about that episode entirely. Yeah, that's how, that, that's how much I've had, I've digested. Like, I forgot well, that's that's why they did. That's why the plane <laughs> crashed and all it's that. It's also, shit. I think, like one of the only ones that's not like a four part. <laughs> yeah, that one's like one part. And it's like, here's why we're going to be walking across the fucking continent of Asia. And then we have uh, Dark Blue Moon, which is an aquatic stand that attacks them while they're trying to travel across the ocean. Um, the stand user of it is named Captain Tennille, which is fantastic. And then we have uh, it's just called Strength, you know, for the strength card. Uh, yep. Which is another one controlled by an animal. So it's uh, they just find like, you know, after they fight dark blue moon, like their ship sinks and they're, they escape on a lifeboat. Uh, and they find just like a ghost ship essentially. Um, and like the only thing on it is, uh, an orangutan. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it turns out that like the entire ship, the ghost ship is, uh, the orangutan stand, which is kind of yeah. interesting. And he has control over all of it. It's like, you know, all the sailors and shit that work for the Speedwagon Foundation, they're like getting impaled on cargo hooks and shit. Then we have Ebony Devil, uh, which is controlled by uh, Devo the Cursed, uh, named after, you know, Devo, the band. Correct. Uh, and then his localized name is Soul Sacrifice, which is a Santana song. So that's kind of that, interesting. That is also a PlayStation Vita game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ebony Devil, it, like it controls a little like. I don't know, like a cursed, like fetish puppet, like. <laughs> yeah, kind of not like a sexual fetish, like that's a, th a thing. I don't know. I might be getting that from Diablo, too. But there was an enemy that was like basically. Uh, like a voodoo doll, and it was called a fetish. Oh, interesting. OK. But yeah, yeah, it's like a little it's like a little puppet that like can yeah. myrtleize you. Uh, and of course, it gets up on a Paul Neffa and uh, fucks him up until yeah. he's like, oh, I'm done being fucked up now. Yellow Temperance, uh, which is controlled by Rubber Soul, uh, which is named after the Beatles album. Uh, and it's just a dude's name. Uh, it's a blob like stand that consumes flesh to grow in size can wrap itself around its user to provide either a disguise or an impenetrable defense. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's gross. Yeah. Uh, the hanged man. Uh, I forget what its ability is. Oh, Oh, it can, uh, play, it can jump it can through mirrors. mirrors. Uh, yeah. so like it attacks its target by bouncing through reflective surfaces and then like, attacking really quickly kind of looks like a mummy yeah which is neat uh the dude the dude who winds up using it is the guy that uh polnareff has been looking for the entire time being like ah mm -hmm. you killed my sister my name is uh jean-luc picard you murdered my sister prepare, prepare to, to die. die yeah we get the emperor uh it's 
the stand master is whole horse. Uh, the emperor is a pretty good one. It's uh, it's just a gun. It's and just he can, a like, gun. It's just a gun. He can. He can, uh, you know, guide the bullets. It's like he never misses his shot, except for every time he shoots at one of the crusaders. Uh, apparently, whole horse is named after Holland Oates somehow. Okay, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. We get the Empress, which is like uh, basically a teratoma, like a <laughs> like a little uh, tumor with a face that attaches to Joseph's arm, and he goes, "Oh my god!" Because that's what he oh says constantly. God. Yeah, basically uh, all the time. Oh my god, or holy shit, or son of the beach. It's the most swearing I've heard in the entire JoJo episode. <laughs> it's kind of fantastic. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think Empress is a pretty cool stand, actually. It's cool. And then, uh, it, you know, you you realize that Joseph is still competent in what he's doing. Like, he's not mm-hmm. just the one bankrolling this, which, like, we could talk about that for hours. Like, how much money did they fucking spend trying to get from Japan to Egypt? Yeah, well, like, I mean, like, they're fucking rich. The they they're funded by the Speedwagon Foundation, which is weird because like, weren't the Joe Stars rich in you know Britain? Yes, but I believe that I think I think the Speedwagon basically took over their like business interests and like what? that makes uh, sense. Like Arena was like a silent partner essentially, but like. I don't know, like Speedwagon became absurdly wealthy. Yeah, like ridiculously wealthy to the point where it's like he just has fuck you money for anything. Yeah. And like, remember that like Joseph is the last living like actual Joestar. And like, I don't know, he's not really doing much business aside from like, you know, being a silent partner to what the Speedwagon Foundation is doing and like going around. (laughs) <laughs> trying to kill old vampires. Yeah. I'd be very interested to see if like, you know, the Speedwagon Foundation pulls like a, you know, Team Galactic kind of situation where it's like, hey, they've been good guys for a while, but then they mo- turn out to be bad guys or something. You know, I, I I don't know where the story winds up, but that'd be an interesting twist. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We get Wheel of Fortune, which is a stand that's bound to a car, uh, which is kind of cool. Um. Justice is like a stand that's made out of fog and it can uh, create illusions and like puppet people by like wounding them and then like invading their body through their wounds. This was the one that deserved two parts. This is the only one. Well, I'm I'm not going to go so far to say the only one, but this is, you know, this is one of the two part ones. It actually fucking deserved it. Like, like judgment was cool. Yeah. Or uh, Justice, yeah. Yeah, Justice is a yeah. cool stand. Uh, then we get your your personal favorite, The Lovers, controlled by Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Uh, so The Lovers is a microscopic stand uh, that can, like, it's super weak, but it can, like, go into the brain of a, a target and manipulate their pain receptors. Yep. It's like any damage that you do to Steely Dan gets done instead to the person that uh, like his stand is controlling. 
Uh, so they put it into Joseph's brain and they're uh, like, it's basically like going to cut through his nerves and like make him have a stroke or whatever. So like uh, Chariot and Hierophant Green have to shrink down and go in and try to kill it while Jotaro follows Steely Dan around and waits for the opportunity to punch the shit out of him. Yeah, just order order him to death. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Then we get the sun, uh, which the sun is a pretty cool stand. Uh, yeah. It's just they're crossing the desert and it gets real fucking hot. They're like, oh, no, there's two suns. We're going to burn to death. Uh, and then Kakiween and Polnareff uh, notice that two rocks look the same and start laughing hysterically. And Joseph Joestar is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but these people have lost their minds. Like, yeah. uh, that that's actually an interesting episode. And hey, guess what? It only took one. It, there, there was only one episode yeah. for The Sun. Yeah, it's true. Then we get uh, one of my personal favorites, Death 13. Death 13 is uh, interesting. Yeah, so the stand master of that is Manish Boy, uh, which is a Muddy Waters song. Uh, but the localist, localized name is Manishu Boy. <laughs> For some reason. Uh, whatever. Uh, so this is a stand user who is a baby. Uh, so they like... It's like an orphan baby that they start taking care of and like uh, it attacks them Freddy Krueger style through their dreams. And uh, Kakyoin figures it out because like uh, if you die in the dream, you die in real life. So Freddy like, Kruger. yeah, so like Kakyoin in his dream takes out his pocket knife and carves baby stand into his arm uh, and is also like trying to keep himself from sleeping. So like he just appears fucking crazy to everybody else. He's like, guys, guys, the baby is the stand, the enemy stand user and nobody fucking believes him. And then like Kakyoin ends up doing the whole fucking thing himself. Yeah. Which like that's probably the most aggravating part of the show is whenever like something weird starts happening. They're like, wow, what a weird thing's going on right now. Yeah. What a weird fucking place we're in. It's like you guys realize you're getting chased by stand users, right? It's like they've seen more stands than anyone else in the history of human life. And every time some weird monster appears, they're like, is that thing a stand? Like, yes, kill it. Yeah, there was a uh, TikTok trend going around a while for a while on anime TikTok where it's like, I, okay, the 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 stand users around here somewhere. We got to find it, and then you know, uh, it's just like a couple normal people, a person dressed outlandishly, posed like a fucking idiot, and then another normal person. And they're like, "Huh, I wonder who the stand the stand user is." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there's like there's a couple really funny examples of that in part five, where it's I'm like we got to find the stand user, and one dude's like wearing a fucking Borat slingkini in like overalls and has like three foot high pink spiked hair. And it's like, Oh boy, who could it be? <laughs> I don't know if you really want to like, uh, hit a lot of the, the story beats getting to Egypt too hard, but like whenever they fight whole horse, like Avdal apparently is killed, uh, yep. as he's shot in the head, like saving Polnareff's like Polnareff's all broken up about it. Uh, so, like, before they get to Egypt, uh, Joseph Joestar's like, oh, we have to swing by 
uh, this this like one island real quick on the way. And it turns out that like Avdol survived and like was here resting up, recovering from his wounds. But like for some reason is doesn't just greet them when they get there and is also dressed as like. Yeah, well, like he's pretending to be Avdol's dad. Uh, and like everybody knew about it except for Polnareff, who yeah, it's, explicitly it's, felt guilty for Avdol dying. Yeah, it's just dumb. Uh, so like the stand that they run into there is called Cameo, uh, which like he pretends to be like a genie and gives people three cursed monkey paw wishes. Um, so like. Polnareff, who is severely depressed, uh, wishes for uh, his sister and Polnareff to be returned to life. Uh, Avdol. So like, or Avdol, yeah. Uh, so like, weird zombie versions of them show up and start attacking and trying to eat Polnareff uh, until the real Avdol shows up and, and beats the shit out of the enemy stand. Uh, yeah, this is around the time where I started watching the show in English. Because uh, I was meal prepping this morning and then I was just like, I got to meal prep and watch episodes like I I, I ain't got time for this shit. Yeah. So I'm, there's just me standing next to the stove with my iPad and there's all this, you know, it's turned to English so I can pseudo pay attention. But yeah, this this is about where I, I, I don't know any Japanese names of any stands going forward or any characters yeah. really going forward. I don't know. It's it's funny. They defeat the stand, but like the user is a fucking coward. So he's hiding. Uh, so like they, <laughs> they find like down at the edge of the fucking stream or whatever body of water, uh, there's like a fucking <laughs> like reed sticking up that the dude's breathing through as he's hiding in there. Uh, so they'd like drop some dirt and rocks and shit down there. And then like they drop like ants and spiders and shit down there. And the dude's still just like not coming out as mm -hmm. he like presumably eats all of this dirt and spiders. Uh, so then Avdol and Polnareff decide to rekindle their friendship by uh, partaking of the, the time honored male tradition of uh, taking a piss together. Uh, so they pull their dicks out and, and piss down this dude's breathing tube. I mean, that's true. I mean, I've made so many bathroom <laughs> friends during my college time at the bars. Yeah, it's uh, true. That I, I've never seen again. But, you know, those are some of my closest moments with anybody. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Avdol fucking nukes him with Magician's Red. Yeah. And then, and then they get to, to Egypt. And then it's just like, yeah, and oh, they it's finally just get the, to Egypt. And then it's just like, oh, it's the same show, but in Egypt. I guess, uh, I don't know. Like, the last one before Egypt, like, so from this fucking island, they decide that they need to go there by submarine because they have limitless money from the goddamn Speedwagon Foundation. So, like, uh, they run into the High Priestess, which is able to, like, uh, mimic objects. So it's it's another one like, oh, look for buttons that are like copies of other buttons and shit on mm -hmm. the submarine. I know there's been like some comic book nerds being like how much is how much money is bruce wayne and like tony stark actually worth like what's their net worth i want a fucking nerd to tell me how much money they fucking spent going from uh japan to fucking cairo 
I, I need to know that because it seems like several million dollars was spent and destroyed. Yeah. Um, well, like. The Speedwagon Foundation are essentially war profiteers, like they got all their money from selling Nazi treasures, remember? So, yeah, that's true. Uh, it, also from oil fields. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. They get to Egypt and then they're like, oh, we can't fight Dio yet because uh, we have to shoehorn in a bunch of stands based on the the Egyptian tarot. Which, like, I get it. It's fine. They're they're interesting. But also, like, if you didn't even like, I feel like you have to pick one. You either do the, the, the generic tarot or you do like the Egyptian gods like you can't have both. Because otherwise you get 48 episodes, uh, a bunch of these are which are two parters that don't like don't deserve to be two parters in any way, shape or form. Like there's a point where they take on whole horse and uh, Boingo from the co- from the duo of Oingo Boingo. Yeah, we're getting uh, there. And, and, but like that, that's a two parter for some fucking reason. I was like, oh, my God, I want to shoot myself. See, I'll. I'll take as much fucking Oingo Boingo as I can get. Uh, but I don't know. We get the stand of Geb, which I don't remember very much of at all. Like, it's a was it's a the water long one? range water stand. Yeah, yeah. that was that, that episode was at least interesting. Uh, like, yeah. And and Geb's character at least, you know, showed something. But everybody else is just kind of like, a, who the fuck is this shit? So we get a. Uh, Noom, which is the stand of Oingo, uh, which allows him to change his appearance. And then we get T- uh, Toth, who is the stand of Boingo, his Oingo's little brother. So they're Oingo Boingo. Uh, and Toth's ability is that. Uh, like. He has a prophetic comic book that reading it will reveal future events. So they use it to set up situations where they can kill the Crusaders. Uh, but then it goes very badly <laughs> for them. Yeah. Because because Oingo's fucking stupid. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll change him to Jotaro. That way no one will know anything. Meanwhile, he's already seen the prophecy that Jotaro will fucking blow up through an orange bomb. Fucking yeah. dumb. Uh, in like in the localized version, uh, Oingo's name is Zenyatta and Boingo's name is Mondata, uh, which Zenyatta Mondata is an an album by the police. Oh, interesting. OK. Yeah, like it's it's starting to really get into more obscure fucking music references. Uh, True. Then uh, another one that I think is pretty cool is uh, Anubis, which uh, Anubis is, is interesting. A, a masterless stand that's trapped inside of like an ancient sword. Uh, and it possesses whoever picks up the sword. Uh, so they have to fight a whole bunch. And at one point, like, Polnareff gets uh, possessed by it. So Chariot has, like, his saber and this Anubis sword. And, like, yeah, it gets wild. Yeah. Oh, also, like, two of the people who get possessed by it are named Chaka and Khan. Fuck, I didn't realize that. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, then we get Bastet, which is the stand of Mariah, who is named after Mariah Carey, apparently. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. So, like, a lot of 
Stardust Crusaders is them trying to go to the bathroom comfortably and being unable to do so because of different <laughs> cultural customs. Yeah. Uh, so like uh Joseph Joe stars freaking out about uh this weird toilet that he finds. So he comes out without pooping uh and then sees a rock that has an electrical outlet on it. And he's like, that's weird. I'm going to touch it. And it zaps yeah. him. Like it makes his body magnetized. So like forks and knives and shit are just like flying at him. <laughs> right. And this is what I'm talking about with like. Why? Like you're Joseph Joestar. You have seen now at this point, I believe, 20 fucking different stands. And you're just like, hey, this electrical outlet's weird. I'm going to fucking touch it. Yeah. M- meanwhile, like you've seen the weirdest fucking shit possible and just like, ah, yes, this electrical outlet's fine. I- I'm totally going to just touch this and it'll be OK. Yeah. I don't know. At one point, like Avdal also gets zapped by it. Uh, so they are magnetized to each other. Uh, and like this episode is uh, like I like I like the Bastet episodes because like they're just super slapstick. Uh, so yes. like Avdol also gets magnetized to so him and Joseph are like magnetized to each other. And then by like a series of like comedic moments, uh, there's like an old lady that thinks that Joseph's trying to fuck her. Uh, and then she catches Joseph and Avdol like magnetized to each other in the street. And it looks like Avdol's fucking railing him. And this old yep. lady gets pissed off and starts beating them with her fucking umbrella. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then then Mariah gets fucking crushed by them being magnetized. Yeah. And like uh, they're like, oh, she's still alive. And it's like, how? Yeah. Just, yeah she gets just, fucking just murdered. How? She's definitely dead. Yeah, we get set, uh, which is basically it's like a shadow stand, but like the shadow will come out from the stand user. And if you make contact with it, it makes you de-age. Uh, so we get Polnareff as a little kid. We get some weird scenes with him and some lady who's like, oh, I see this. Some uh, lady abandoned tries child. to take care of him. Yeah. And he's just like groping her and shit. And she's just like, oh, you're such a sweet boy. It's like, uh, Knowing what we know, uh, you know, this, you know, probably mid 20s guy just groping this lady is is weird. But uh, it winds up being sweet because like she gets turned into a fucking fetus. Yeah. And he has to protect her as a fucking like four year old. Uh, and then they come across Jotaro who gets turned into like a seven year old and then still yeah. beats the fuck out of the adult. Yeah, because like uh, Jotaro didn't have a stand when he was a kid. So like. Polnareff can still use Chariot, but like whenever Jotaro gets DH, he can't use Star Platinum. But just because he's a scrappy asshole, like he just starts punching the dude in the face. <laughs> yeah, he just beats the fuck out of the guy, and then they un they they re-age. Yeah. And then Polnareff uh, like the the woman gets put back and she's like there there seems to be like an unrequited love kind of thing going on there, because Polnareff's one earring falls off and she's like, hey, I'm looking for this little boy. And she's like, it looks kind. He looks kind of like you. And then Polnareff's like, no, no, no. It definitely. I've definitely never seen this kid before. And she like, it. It's like she almost knows that it's him, but you know, doesn't act on it. So I was like, at the end of the show, when Polnareff walks away, I'm like, oh, I hope he goes back to that woman. And they something happens, and uh, I don't think anything does. Yeah. Um. 
And then we get to Osiris, which is uh, controlled by Darby the Gambler. Uh, so, like, he'll make bets with people, and if they lose, he can turn their souls into poker chips. Uh, so that's his whole deal. So they they have, like, a high-stakes poker game and shit where, like, Jotaro psychs him out. Uh, and then, like, they're finally looking around trying to find Dio's mansion, uh, and it gets us to our last, like, batch of fucking stands that they have to fight because we've been talking about them forever. Yes. Uh, but, like, the stands are the best part of this. Like, that's the that's the thing that makes the plot go burr, I guess. Uh, so, like, there's another animal stand user that is, like, guarding uh dio's mansion so like whenever like iggy is the first one to find it like just kind of by chance uh and he ends up fighting horus uh the stand user is a hawk named pet shop um but like basically it can like it's a big bird that can control ice and stuff so it's like ice versus sand and like Mm -hmm. two animals fighting each other and shit and uh it gets pretty brutal iggy ends up having his paw frozen and uh, has to chew his leg off to escape. Just horrible. Yeah, that was that was horrible. I was like, oh no, I don't want to watch Iggy die. Yeah, Iggy Iggy goes through it. And then, like the Crusaders finally get to uh, the mansion after being led there by Iggy uh, on three of his legs. And the first stand that they meet is a tomb, which is controlled by uh, Darby the Younger. Uh and his deal is he can steal people's souls and turn them into marionette puppets. Uh, and he does that by beating them at video games. Yeah. Uh, which is gave birth to one of the best memes uh, on the Internet that involves Jojo, which is where he plays Smash Brothers or Undertale or, you know, whatever. But uh, in the actual episode, <laughs> they uh, this is like another of the they tried to make it in English. Uh, so like he plays Kakuin and the game is called F mega. It's a racing game. Uh, so it goes to the title screen of the video game and it goes F mega Shrek your cur. And then whenever Jotaro yeah. plays him, uh, the title screen of the game comes up and it goes, Oh, that's a baseball. <laughs> It's very bad. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome. I don't know. They beat him like basically he can use his stand to read people's minds, but only like yes or no questions. So like he can always anticipate, you know, what somebody is going to try to do in the game to be able to beat them. Uh, Right. Because like he'll be like, oh, are they going to. Like when they're doing the baseball game, it's like, oh, is he going to do this pitch? No, 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 no. Is he going to do this pitch? Yes, 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 yes. So like it stands interesting because it, it reads the soul and it's like the soul never lies. It's like we always know yeah. what you're going to do. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's it's one of my favorite story arcs, like mini arcs in this. Then while they're exploring the mansion, uh, we get another stand that uh, 
fucking gets defeated so quickly that you might not have realized that it existed. They, uh, they have to do like a quick literal interstitial from the narrator being like, this is who the stand user was. <laughs> yeah, they have to explain it after he's defeated so that you know he was there. Uh, but we get tenor sax, uh, which is the stand of Kenny G. Uh, it's a stand that creates illusions. And they're like, oh, the layout of this mansion doesn't make sense. Let me fucking stab this wall. Uh, yeah. Oh, the guy uh, died. In in English, uh, it was uh, Billy Jean is the stand user. Oh, yeah, that's true. Why? <laughs> Why are they OK with saying Billy Jean, but they're not OK with saying Kenny G? Uh, I think Kenny G is instantly more recognizable because Billy yeah. Jean could be referring to Billy Jean, the song or Billy Jean King, I yeah, guess. Or or like, you know. Kenny G is his official stage name, but like, yeah. presumably there's people in the world that are named just just named Billy Jean, you know. And then finally, we get to uh, the stand cream, uh, which. Uh, I don't know if they actually like. Call it that in the I don't English so. version, I don't think that they do, but cream is a British rock band. It was a uh, uh, fucking Clapton's band. Uh, yeah. And its controller is cool ice in the localized version, but the original is vanilla ice. Yeah, there we go. Who who fucking takes out two stand users? Yeah, it's true, uh, because like his power basically like Dio also turns him into a vampire. Uh, but like his stand ability is like. Uh, his stand lives inside like a black hole. And can like suck things into this infinite void. And uh, he just fucking like eats Avdol and leaves nothing but his hands. Uh, and then like Polnareff and Iggy are fighting him uh, and he fucking kicks Iggy to death. Yep. Because uh, uh, Iggy horrifying. creates a stand image of Dio and of this Dio, man reveals yeah. Dio so much like, that he he's enraged that he had to destroy that image of Dio. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, it's it's not enough to kill you with my stand like you must suffer. But that's it. That's all of them. Uh that brings us to uh the end boss uh which is Dio. So Dan, did you realize that Dio has two stands? Wait, two? He, Dio has two stands. Okay. One of them is Jonathan Joestar's and the world is Dio's. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so like, because at one the, point uh, Dio is shown using a hermit purple type stand, uh, but that's Jonathan Joestar's. And it also, you know, has a resemblance to to Holly's stand. Yeah. OK. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's like kind of how Dio knew where they were going and like where to send the other stand users and shit. But yeah, the like the main event is uh Zawardo or the world. Uh yeah. It's it's the same type of stand as Star Platinum. Yeah, and, and it turns out that they're pretty much exactly the same stand because they both do uh rapid fire punches mm -hmm. uh and both have the ability to manipulate time. Yeah. Uh, so they're both like close range, uh, you know, rapid stands. Uh, 
also like so D- Dio manifested the ability to control time um and like there's there's like a big deal like that takes multiple episodes of them trying to figure out that that's Dio's ability uh and then yeah like you said Jotaro kind of starts acquiring that ability during their fight uh so like I I read a fan theory that basically like the true ability of star platinum uh cuz it was like a new a new stand that like didn't have a specialized ability and like a lot of times when stands manifest like their ability is whatever the situation calls for kind of huh okay so like star platinum's true ability was to manifest whatever ability it took to defeat dio cuz that was like the entire reason that it existed uh, therefore, it gained Dio's time stop ability. Okay, interesting. Which, yeah, it's neat. I don't know. They don't, re- they don't really go into it. No, in that, but like Dio you know, has like five seconds of time stopping, uh, and then like Jotaro stops starts with like one second. So it's like figuring out what is the one set, and of course, like the one second isn't actually one second. It's like one anime second, which is like seventeen minutes. Yeah, yeah. But like, well, there's a there's a YouTube video I'll send you after this, but it's like, what if, uh, you know, the world stopped time for as long as he said they stopped time, like like it does it in real time. So like Dio will start prattling on, and then like the timer ticks down to zero, and then the uh, Jotaro does the fucking aura 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 punch, and Dio just like flies across the screen again. It's hilarious. Yeah. But like, uh, like you see this all the time with anime, like Dragon Ball Z, like the most infamous arc is on Namek whenever Goku and Frieza are fighting. It's like five minutes until the planet blows up and there's like 19 episodes in mm-hmm. between when Frieza first does it and when the planet blows up. So like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm OK with that kind of <laughs> Will thing. Will Goku be able to defeat Frieza? Find out on the next exciting episode of Dragon Ball Z. Frieza defeated. <laughs> Uh, it's true. That's, that's, that's kind of like one thing I did appreciate about this uh, series is like it does. It's all it is. It's like the title of the episode is just like, here's the tarot card they're fighting or here here's the stand they're fighting. And that's all you need to know for this. And of course, anytime I saw part two, I was just like infuriated being like, why is there a part two? Just make one episode, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, it, it's a really interesting fight between Dio and uh, Jotaro where it's like, Jotaro for like only three has, episodes. It's amazing. Right. But like Jotaro only has like a certain amount of time that he can, you know, move during the time stop. Mm-hmm. So he has to be able to like he can see everything that's happening. So he has to like strategize when is the correct amount of time to use his time stop in order to defeat Dio. And uh, eventually he does do it, which is super yeah. cool. I don't know. I guess we didn't talk about Starfinger, but like <laughs> like he does it like two three times maybe yeah uh, star platinum can like make his fingers shoot out in like more of a longer range attack uh and all the ladies love it yeah probably uh he uses it three times in the show once against dark blue moon uh once against uh the fucking ape and then much later against Anubis. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like you. I'd like to see you fucking do the world finger. 
That's true. Uh, but uh, that lends to what the fan theory was that like it just needs whatever power it needs at that time, uh, which, you know, is the finger, uh, you know, punches really fast or, it you know, can stop time or it can shoot two fingers at an opponent at any time. Mm-hmm. Like the entire fight between like Jotaro and Dio is fucking awesome. But like uh, before that, like Dio's chasing Joseph and Kakuin. And uh, basically, Kakuin kind of sets up a gambit of like, you know, making Hierophant Green into a web that'll like trigger and instantly shoot at Dio from all directions uh, when he bumps into it. And he's like doing that to try to figure out what his Stan's ability is. Uh, and Dio like breaks the whole thing instantly and fucking punches Kakuin through a fucking water tower and like kills him. Uh, so like Kakuin figures out what's going on and like dies to to let Joseph know that like it stops time. Uh, and then fucking Jotaro comes in and starts walking at Dio and Dio goes, ho, ho, you're approaching me. And Jotaro goes, I can't beat the shit out of you without getting closer. Uh, and then they do a dramatic walking at each other animation. But uh, yeah, the fight's really cool. There's a lot of back and forth. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> like uh, Jotaro would just be killed, but then he pulls out like some random bullshit to get yeah, like he's randomly stuffed with magazines for yeah, some reason. Like, oh, it's a good thing I stopped. I stuffed my shirt with magazines because I thought that he <laughs> might try a long ranged attack. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then uh, at one point, like Dio thinks that Jotaro's dead. Uh, and then he's like listening for his heartbeat and stuff. So he has to use star platinum to fucking stop his own heart. And then restart it whenever like Dio goes to try to finish off Polnareff. Yep. Uh, it's incredible. It's a bunch of random shit that needs to happen in order for yeah. uh, Dio to get defeated. But it's OK because uh, it's anime. No one really cares. Yeah. And then uh Whenever Jotaro is finally able to manifest the time stop ability, uh, it's in response to Dio's final attack, uh, which is uh, to try to crush him. And he screams, roll the roller da! and tries to hit him with a fucking uh, <laughs> steamroller <laughs> steamroller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, he can he can stop. Dio can stop time for nine seconds at that point. Uh, and Jotaro stops time right at the nine second mark uh, and gets out. And Dio's like, why can't I move? And Jotaro's like, uh, I can only stop time for about a second, but it's only going to take me a second to kick your ass. Yeah. Well, uh, like, and then he does. So Dio, so Dio is like, oh, I'm at like 11 seconds. I can stop time for 11 seconds. Like my power is just infinitely growing now. And then he's like, wait, I can't move. And then it's, that's when like Jodo was like, I can stop time for I, I, I think it's one's being like three seconds. Like I stopped time at like the nine second mark. So now I'm going to kick your ass with one second to spare and just, you know, fucks him up. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, uh, I, I realized something listening to the English version and it's that uh, Jonah Scott, who does all the voice acting for Netflix. Uh, is basically Netflix's Matthew Mercer. If you if you listen yeah, to both of them true. together, they're they're basically the same person. Uh, 
So that there's that. Uh, Netflix, you tried really hard, uh, but I've discovered your secret. And now <laughs> I'll die against this water tower uh, to tell everyone about it. So yeah, that's uh, Stardust Crusaders. Uh, it's the longest thing I think I've ever seen ever. I don't know. Like you, like you said, it's uh, it's quite lengthy, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's good. I like it. Yeah, uh, it does a good job of introducing the power system of stands, and uh, you know, a lot of it doesn't have a lot of the crazy bullshit. A lot of it's kind of the typical, like like what you would think of superpowers. Uh, but it gives them something to build off of for part four. Sure. All right. So uh, next week on the show, we'll be talking about part four. Thank God it's only 39 episodes. I can totally manage that shit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, I promise we'll be talking about Leon the Professional next week. Uh, Maybe we'll slam in something else, but I don't know. I'm probably just going to slam in all the all the things that are expiring as of April 30th uh, this month anyway. So, uh, yeah, Leon the Professional next week, along with uh, part four Diamond is Unbreakable of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, I think that you'll like part four. Um, It's not like the fucking high stakes, like, uh, you know, we have to save the world type thing. It's it's more lighthearted. The world. Yeah, it's it's more lighthearted, although like. There is like a big bad that they end up having to take on, but like, you know. It's cool. It's it's a good part. All right. Cool. Well, you can find the show at NetflixandSwill.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Check out our merch. Check out our Patreon. Review us on the podcast services. Also, make sure you check out live stream for The Cure 6. We'll be talking about Diana the Musical because why not? Yeah, why not? And uh, I guess uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying, The world of stop time! <laughs> うまくいく。そうやって来ただろ。印刷に出た予言は、もう決して帰ることはできない。予言の通りに、こどせうれば。すべてうまくいく。そうやって来ただろ。ウィンガポウィンガブレ。